News, politics, and special guests with a Texas twist. That's the goal of the Luke Messias Show. Our nation and state are at a crossroads, and if you're not informed, you're not equipped to make the change our community needs. Join the conversation and join the cause for liberty today. Welcome to the Luke Messias Show. School choice is dead in the Texas House of Representatives. Or so you would think if you read pretty much any legacy media outlet in Texas. We're going to break down today what actually happened during the budget vote. There is a lot to be hopeful for. By the way, that same day, the Texas Senate passed the largest school choice program that I've seen considered in the legislature in Texas history in Senate Bill 8 with Senator Creighton. Very encouraging movement on that side, but on the Texas House side, I mean, I literally, guys, this weekend during my Easter break, had family members, people in my church asking, hey, did the Texas House of Representatives really kill school choice? And the answer is no, and we'll explain all the details today. Let's get to the show. If you get your news from any of, again, the large legacy media outlets in Texas, then you would have read headlines like, Texas House of Representatives by a 30-vote margin says no to school choice. And if that's the case, well then, case closed. We know what's going to happen this session. It's over. It's done. But that's not really the case. Now, in order to break it down, we're going to have to get into a little bit of legislative minutia to understand the process and how it works. Now, here's the truth. I wish that every single member of the Texas House that actually knows they're going to vote for school choice would have voted correctly on the motion on the amendment on the budget by Abel Arrero. So let's back up. Three of the last four sessions, I think maybe two of the last three, but I think three of the last four sessions, Abel Herrero has offered an amendment on the state budget that says no money from this budget, from the education article, may be used to pay for a voucher program. And that has always successfully passed. It passes onto the House budget, it goes to conference committee, and it always gets stripped out. Okay? So it is theater but it's also substantive. The Democrats do this because they actually want to send the message, hey, the Texas House of Representatives doesn't support school choice, so stop talking about it. They're trying to force everyone to be on the record on an issue that they know will take them out of alignment with teacher unions. And as we've explained on this show multiple times, there are a sizable amount of Republicans who are pretty loyal to teacher unions as a whole. So this session was no different. Abel Herrero brought his same amendment. And when he brought it, there were a lot of forces trying to figure out how many Republicans they could get to oppose this amendment. On that same day, the Texas Senate passed Senate Bill 8. And just to break down Senate Bill 8 for you very quickly, Senate Bill 8 essentially says that every single person currently in a public school or who is yet to reach school age, qualifies to receive an education savings account. An an account that will be capped at distributing $500 million, okay? And that will help about 60,000 students, roughly. It is a good program. There are some problems with it, and I'll tell you the number one criticism that has arised is that low-income private and homeschool students don't qualify but very high-income public school students do. 
And here's what I mean by that. Let's say you're somebody who's working two jobs, your wife and you, maybe you have a second job, you Uber drive a little on the side to get some extra cash and y'all bring in $90,000 a year. And that pays enough for you to live where you live and also send your kid to a private school that costs six, seven, eight, nine thousand dollars $9,000. A significant sacrifice that you're making every single year. SB8 in its current form, you know, is set up to where it doesn't bring those people into the bill. But if you're somebody who makes $300,000 a year and your kid goes to a public school, you can qualify for an ESA. You at least get a chance to qualify. So a criticism is that that's unequal, right? The other criticism is that it pays the school that the student leaves for two years. So for two years, that school, instead of getting like $12,000, a student gets 10. So they essentially get $10,000 as if the student was there, but the student's not there. So they get paid over two years, and then they stop getting those payments. So these are kind of two criticisms of the bill. The bill as a whole, though, is still the largest school choice program that I think has been considered in a significant way in the Texas House of Representatives. Now, when I say considered in a significant way, universal school choice, which is what Arizona now has, what Florida is soon to have likely, and what we'd like to see here in Texas, is I don't think on the table, and when we actually break the vote down in the Texas House of Representatives, I think you'll agree with me that it's not on the table at this moment in time, but it is being considered. I don't think it's being seriously considered because I think everyone knows that the math is simply not there for that proposal. So Senate Bill 8 passes the Senate, and on that same day, they're debating the budget, and Abel Herrera brings up this amendment that says, hey, no money from this budget can go to school choice. Chairman Brad Buckley of the Public Education Committee and Cody Harris get up and actually ask the body to kill this amendment. Now, this is another great news that came out. I have said from the beginning that I thought the Public Education Committee was crafted in such a way by the speaker to allow a school choice program to pass. And I think we now know that that is the case. Harold Dutton did not vote on the amendment at all. He was staying objective through the hearing. Literally, I'm recording this show on a Monday and on Tuesday, tomorrow, there will be a public education hearing on school choice. So we know that they're still moving forward with considering the policy. We know that that budget amendment, even though it did ultimately pass, and I'll get to the details of that, will get stripped out in conference, so that's not a problem. And we know that Cody Harris, Brad Buckley, and I believe Harold Dutton showed that they're not against school choice, which means that there is absolutely a path to the majority of that committee voting out a school choice program. So what does the vote tell us? What do we take away? And why is it hopeful? Because ultimately the amendment passed 86 to 52. That is a 34 vote margin. That's a big margin. If something has a 34 vote margin in the Texas House, it's a ways away from passing. But the actually the actual more interesting vote was the vote to table. Because Brad Buckley, the chairman, said, I'm going to move to table this amendment. And this is, I know that I get, this gets kind of weird legislatively wonky, but this is saying, I want to vote to kill the amendment before we even vote on it. Now, the fact that that motion was even made is a signal 
from House leadership that says, we don't want to anger the governor. We're trying to side with him on this issue. The lieutenant governor in the Senate strongly supports school choice. Governor Abbott now strongly supports school choice. He has not been a strong proponent of school choice for a long time, but he now is this session. So they signal, hey guys, vote right on this one. And the motion to table fails, 71 to 64. And what you'll notice in those numbers is that combined, they don't equal 150. And that's because if you take the speaker out of it, there are still 14 members of the legislature that were either absent, they were present and not voting, or several of them say their machines malfunctioned. So let's take those 14 and break them down. If you take the 14 and break them down, I believe that nine of them are supporters of school choice and five of them are opponents to school choice. So if you add those to the respective votes that took place, you then have the motion to table still failing. So the motion that says, I'm gonna to move to kill the Abel Herrero Amendment that says no money can go to school choice. That motion, I believe, if everyone had voted, would have still failed. So the teacher union side would have won by a vote of 76 to 73. 76 to 73. A three vote margin. And really a vote margin that could be changed by two people making a different decision, two members of the legislature. So what's our takeaway? Well, I think I'm gonna kind of give you insights into two things. So right after that, I mean, I'm telling you 10 minutes later, there was a vote on the amendment that lost 52 to 86. Why? Well, guys, uh, just to remind you, there's a lot of politicians on the floor of the Texas House of Representatives. These people don't want to make decisions more often than they need to, and they don't like siding against teacher unions more often than is absolutely necessary. And so you had quite a few members, and these are the this is the coalition of members that will decide whether school choice passes or fails this session. You have about, in my opinion, between 55 and 60 members of the legislature, because there were a lot of present not voting, another thing for that vote as well. You have about 55 members of the legislature that are strong supporters of school choice in that building. And then you have about 20 members who will vote for school choice if the governor tells them they really kind of need to, and they feel the pressure back at home, and they think it's going to cost them politically if they don't. They will do it, but they don't want to do it. So when they vote on the motion to table, the motion to kill this amendment, they're like, yep, I'll vote the right way. And then when they actually have to vote on the amendment 10 minutes later, they're like, I'm just going to vote for the amendment. That way my school teacher union people are all happy with me, at least for the time being, because they know that in a number of weeks, three to four weeks, they're going to be voting on school choice. So there are about 20 members of the legislature that are going to basically vote both ways this session. But the governor has said, I want this to happen. And if these members don't line up with his agenda... It's going to be a problem. Here's the other irony that I have to point out. I just, I really have to point this out. There is an easy way that that motion could have died. And that would have been if Greg Abbott hadn't worked so hard with a bunch of other people to help keep rhino Republicans in the legislature who are completely aligned with teacher unions. You've heard me complain. Members of the Texas Freedom Caucus, Governor Abbott, a bunch of Republican caucus members came in heavy for Glenn Rogers, 
Glenn Rogers re-election. Glenn Rogers signed on to the Abel Herrero Amendment. He literally co-authored the Democrat Amendment that said, I'm 100% in the back pocket of teacher unions. I will never move on this issue. And this issue that now Governor Abbott and all these Republicans say is the most important issue of our day, guess what? A bunch of them fought to keep Glenn Rogers in the legislature when his opponent was a conservative Republican who would have been on the right side of this issue. Kyle Casal. There are, you go through the list of members and there are a lot of members that are voting against the motion to table, who are voting for this amendment, that have been strongly supported by Governor Abbott and the Austin Republican establishment for a very long time. And now all of a sudden they're saying, hey, we don't ha- we might not have the votes to pass conservative Republican policy. Why could that why is that so? Why are these people not getting in line? Well, maybe because you've gone into a lot of these Republican primaries and you've actually propped up the worst of the worst. Many of the members that voted correctly on this vote, voted with Governor Abbott's agenda, are people he directly opposed and Dade Phelan directly opposed. They tried to keep Ellen Troxclair from getting there. They tried to keep Kerry Isaac from getting there. They tried to keep Terry Leo Wilson from getting elected. They tried to keep Nate Schatzlang from getting elected. They tried to keep Mark DeRazio from getting elected. These are members of the legislature that are all right on this issue and whose opponents would have likely sided with the teacher union. Some of them obviously would have. I mean, literally like Justin Berry against Ellen Troxclair, Baron Castile against Kerry Isaac. These people would have been 100% in lockstep with teacher unions. And Governor Abbott, Dade Phelan in a lot of the instances, the entire Austin establishment came in heavy to try to say, we want to elect all these more moderate Republicans. And you have to understand that if school choice passes the Texas House of Representatives, it is going to pass by a handful of votes. And if it dies, it likely is going to die by a handful of votes. And people's decisions over the last several electoral cycles will have absolutely had an impact, a direct correlation to where this policy ends up. This is why we don't separate campaigning and governing. They're together. You elect the right people, you get better results. You elect bad people, it sets up a harder time getting those results. You still can get them though. 20 of these members of the legislature voted for the amendment to ban it all, but they're probably gonna vote for school choice. Why? Because the political environment has been changed to such a way that it is more expedient for them to vote for a school choice program than not. But they're gonna do so as little as humanly possible because that's how the Texas legislature works. This is how most people operate. It's not a good thing, it is what it is. It is the way these lawmakers operate. I wanna close today by letting you know that it has been brought to my attention that I called uh, one of my producers here, Mr. Uh, Luke Marshall uh, Feminine, last week. And um, I, he's, guys, he's not that feminine, okay? I just want to back him up for a second, okay? He's married. He's a patriot. And uh, and so he's here. And I, I just want him to know that he's a phenomenal person and that everybody involved in making this show is incredible patriots that are trying to save the state of Texas. But... 
I, I often compare people to myself, unfortunately, and I can't help it that I have a lot of masculine traits. It's just an unfortunate reality that I have to struggle with. And so I apologize for anything disparaging. I would have said last week in any way, I want you to know that also you have to understand that we're coming to you every single week with as much information as possible. Guys, if you have not checked out the Texas Scorecard app on Roku, you have to do it. We're having more and more people download this on a weekly basis. I've gotten feedback from people who've said, hey, downloaded the Scorecard app. I'm able to watch your show. I'm able to watch the headline. I can watch documentaries that Texas Scorecard has produced, is producing. We're in the middle of producing even more content that you're going to be able to watch and follow along with. We're coming to you twice a week. We're coming to you twice a week because there's a lot more happening. There's stuff I could talk about today. I'm just running out of time. Okay, we have the Board of Pardons moving on potentially pardoning uh, someone that Greg Abbott has asked. We have property tax relief, which still hasn't been significantly talked about. And the reality that a bunch of these Republicans voted for this stuff in the budget, they voted for a budget that gave hardly any property tax relief. And these are all these people that say they support property tax relief. But I can't break it down in every single episode because we're going to run out of time. And one of the things I've been told consistently, which y'all can email me with my email blast. You can comment on the shows. But the reality is that most people like this show a little under 30 minutes. And so I try to bring you the most important information while also knowing I'm having to come to you a little bit more right now because there's so much going on. There's a hearing going on in the House tomorrow on HB 20, which is the border security bill, probably the best opportunity for border security. We have this session. There's hearings on school choice in the Texas House of Representatives. There's more important policy on both sides of the chamber. So a ton of great stuff moving. I think the Senate is actually hearing a mandated E-Verify bill by Lois Colcourse, which would be phenomenal. The Business and Commerce Committee is hearing that. So again, if you're not plugged into one of these groups right now, you should be Texans for Strong Borders, Texas Family Project, Texans for Vaccine Choice, Texans for Fiscal Responsibility, Texas Scorecard. But there are also these specific groups on these specific areas of policy. Because if you care about them, you need to know what's happening. And I can't keep you up to date every single week. I'm just telling you, I don't have the time to tell you every bill that's being heard, every hearing that's being heard, what the takeaways from that hearing are. I'm trying to bring you the most important information. And then hopefully you're further connected with these other organizations so that you can know even more about what is going on. When it comes to school choice, I do not think the battle is over. I think it's far from over. And I think the vote breakdown shows that we are literally a handful of votes away from swinging the votes we need to pass a school choice program and finally loosening the grip that teacher unions have on our state. I think it can happen. I hope it does happen. And I will let you know if there are any changes to that situation. Have a great rest of your week. I'll come to you in a couple days with another update. God bless you. And may God bless Texas. Thank you for listening to The Luke Macias Show. To find out more information about what's going on here in Texas, visit texasscorecard.com.